0: Right. Okay, what I want to do is let's, I want to just I have a scripture for offering and I'm going to pray over the offering. Uh, and then I'm, I'm excited about what God has in store for us this morning. And you'll understand why here in a little bit, and I just want to, I have some things on my heart that I want to share. Uh, but let's, let me just look at offering real quick. Again, if you did bring offering and you didn't have a chance to put it up there, you can always give online, you can text to give, you can give online, or you can uh, put it in that box on the left-hand side of the door on your way out. But Matthew 6, it says this, starting in verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Amen? Treasures in heaven where neither moth, hey, when we're laying up treasures in heaven, can't be destroyed. Okay, it's not of this world. Things of this world get burned up. Things of this world end up come crashing down at some point in time. But the things of the Lord, the things of heaven, will remain. Amen? They will remain. So store up those treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? Where we put that What if our eyes are focused on him, he is our treasure. Amen? This, there's nothing in this world that can meet Our needs, but Him. Amen. We think there's stuff, we try to find stuff, but at the end of the day, it's Him and Him alone that meets our needs. Amen. So let's pray over the offering and for the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for um, just being so faithful. You are so, so faithful. You are so, so good. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are working in our finances, you're working in our marriages, you're working in our relationships, you're working in our lives in general, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're working in our schools and even in our country. So, Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for every gift and every giver this morning, and we thank you for that, Lord. But we also just pray a blessing over this message this morning. Father, that you will speak through me, that you will help bring comfort and peace and direction, wisdom that can only come from you and from your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so... We have been doing a series uh, called The Holy Spirit, and, you know, I was telling uh, Chris this morning, I love it when God orchestrates different message series, and it's been, I'm telling you, it's like week after week, month after month, series after series, there's something happening out there in the world, there's something going on or stirring in the church, that whenever we end up talking about something, the Lord leads us some way, it's almost always identically lined up to what needs to be like, hey, we're already going to talk about that anyway. So, I'm excited. We've been doing the gifts of the Spirit. We started last week. And I'm going to give a quick review of what I talked about last week and the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But this morning, I had been planning on talking about words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And uh, just by a show of hands, so I know where we're at, uh, there has been a, a prophetic word that has been floating around out there. It's been on Facebook and on YouTube. It's by a pastor in Kentucky. His name is Dana, I believe, Coverstone. How how many of you have actually seen or heard this prophetic word? Just give me a show of hands. Okay, how many of you have not seen it? Okay, so we're about 50-50. That's good. I'm not going to show it. Uh, Don't plan on showing it. But I am going to talk through some of the things that he talked on. And how do we discern, is this really A word of knowledge from God or is it not? And does it have anything to do with us? Does it apply to us, yes or no? I think it's important that we understand because there are so many words out there. There are so many things coming at us. There are people that call themselves prophets. There are actual prophets. How do I know which ones I am supposed to listen to? Well, it is my job to teach you to be able to discern and understand which ones that you need to listen to. Okay, that's my goal this morning, is to teach you to understand how to discern and how to look at a word of knowledge or at a word of wisdom and say, eh, what is this? Do I react over this thing? Do I panic over this thing? Of course, the answer is always no, because if you're panicking over something, then you know it's not from the Lord. So I'm going to walk through that thing, and I just want to spend some time on it, because you know what? Because God is good. He's already leading us in this direction. So last week we begin to talk. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians twelve. First Corinthians twelve, and we're going to start. I'm going to read uh, in verse one here, and then I'm going to read verse probably uh, four through eleven. It says this: Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of these spiritual gifts. When somebody is ignorant of something, it means you don't understand it. You don't know about it. So we need to understand it. We need to learn about it so that when we hear this, a word of some kind or a prophetic word, we can understand and rightly discern, is this from God? Is this for me or is this for somebody else? And begin to walk through that discernment process. Going down to verse four, it says there are diversities of gifts. So we're going we're gonna to list these gifts here. Then the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Verse six. There are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And I used an example last week of, you know, at Christmas, how many of you guys made Christmas lists, right? When you were young? Kids? How many guys? How many have your Christmas list done already? I know there's a few hands in the acronym, all right? You make a Christmas list, and you put down things that you are desiring, that you want. It says in the Bible to earnestly seek these gifts. But here's what happens at Christmas. How many of you know you don't always get every gift that's on the list? Yeah! What? It's like, wait a second. I thought it was just if I put it on the list, I got the gift, Okay, you know what, sometimes our kids put stuff on the list that's like, eh, they don't actually have, what was the, what was the Ken Barbie one? They were looking for a football, oh, football Barbie, right, so, so my little guy, and, and he's just like, you know what, I'm putting on my Christmas list, I want a football Barbie, like, because my sisters are playing Barbie, and I want to join them, but what? Well, I can't find football Barbie, okay? So just because it's on your list doesn't mean you always get it. And I think what we have to understand about the gifts of the Spirit, we have to earnestly seek them. We want to desire them. We want to ask for them. But that doesn't mean you're going to get every single gift of the Spirit in full measure all the time. Okay, that's not going to happen. One, we can't handle that. Jesus could handle it. We can't handle that. And a lot of times we ask for a gift. So, oh, I just want the gifts of healing. I, want, I was talking to somebody this week. Oh, I want the gifts of healing, the gifts of healing, the gifts of healing. They're not manifesting yet in my life. Well, maybe the Lord knows you're not quite ready to have the gifts of healing manifested through your life because it will lead to pride. It will lead to your own destruction. And he is more, he is more concerned about you and his love for you. Okay, so it's not like a Christmas list. Let's just write all the gifts of the Spirit on a list and we're just going to get all of them in full measure. As He wills, as the Spirit wills, as is needed many times. When we are seeking Him and our eyes are focused on Him, He begins to release things into our life that we need when we need them. When we need them, and now more than ever, we need the spiritual gifts. We need to understand and discern. We need to have our own words of wisdom, our own words of knowledge, because we hear all this stuff, and it's like, I don't know what to do. How many of you just start crying out, like, even this week? I don't know. I don't know what to do. Come on, guys. If you've seen this video, and somebody of you will probably run after and watch it afterwards, but you're like, I, oh, my gosh, look at this. What do I do with this? What do I do do with this? How do I understand what I'm supposed to go do? So he gives these gifts. He's got the nine gifts of the spirit. And they're broken down. I'm going to break them down into three different categories. Three different categories. We're going to talk about the first category this morning. There's gifts of revelation. These are the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, and the gift of discerning of spirits. There are the gifts of power, which we're going to touch on next week. The gift of faith the gift of miracles, and the gifts of healing. And I'm telling you, you're going to want to come back next week and understand those because when you begin to discern a word of wisdom and discern some knowledge, you begin to see what's happening out there in the world, and you're going to say, you know what? I need, I need faith. I need more. I need miracles to happen in my life. I need gifts of healing. This is why the Lord sets them up this way. These are available then as we pursue him, as we seek him. He will begin to reveal those to us. Then the last one is the gifts of inspiration. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. It's the gift of prophecy, the gift of different kinds of tongues, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. So what do we do? Let's look, at these three, let's look at these three gifts. The gift of a word of knowledge. I'm going to start with this. I'm going to give you a definition. It's not going to be on the board, but I want you to just listen to me. The gift of the word of knowledge. This is not head knowledge. This is not, well, I I read and I understood and I looked at hundreds of books and I read the Bible through three times and now I have this knowledge. Yeah, that's knowledge, but that is not the gift of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. It is not the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge of this word of knowledge is this, a supernatural revelation of the existence or nature of a person or thing or the knowledge of some event given to us by the Holy Spirit for a specific purpose. It is God's knowledge, God's all-knowing, imparted to us in some little fraction so that we are better able to minister, so we are better able to be able to walk through this life, so he can be able to give us a word of knowledge that says, you know what? This is what's going on here. This, This actually already happened. And we see Throughout scripture, we look, at the, we look at the life of Jesus. We see Jesus. How many of you know the story when Jesus goes to the woman at the well? Right, so Jesus in John chapter 4, he goes to the woman at the well. Number one, he's not, I mean, he's, she's not supposed to be coming to the well at noon. He's not supposed to be talking to a Samaritan woman. But he's on his way with his disciples. They go off to look, at, look for some food. And he sits there and she comes up to him. And he begins to tell her all about her life. He says, No, 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 the person you're with is not your husband, and you've already had five husbands. And he always begins to talk to her specifically of things that there is no way that he could know unless it was a word of knowledge. So Jesus operates in these gifts. And the understanding and the operation of these gifts is for us to be able to minister to others. And if you look at that story in John chapter 4, did he minister to her or what? He starts talking about life and the well of life and what he has available and only he has available in him. And she ran and she go told the town and the whole town ends up coming back and many people become saved. Why? Because there was a word of knowledge that Jesus had. The gift of a word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of the mind and purpose of God communicated by the Holy Spirit. It is a supernatural revelation of the mind and the purpose of God communicated by the Holy Spirit. It is God's wisdom imparted to man. And many know the story of Joseph in the Bible. Joseph is a great example of this. Right, he, he became, he rose up in his ranks and he became within, within this kingdom, he understood and be able to see what some of these dreams were. And he had a word of wisdom that said, ah, I'm discerning what's happening here. There's going to be seven years of good. There's going to be seven years of famine. Here's what we need to go do. And he got put in charge being able to go do those things. That is a word of wisdom of understanding what is happening. Then the last one of these three is the gift of the discerning of spirits. This is a supernatural ability to see into the spiritual realm. Not the natural realm, not the natural world, but the supernatural realm. It's the ability to understand what is at operation within a situation. It's somebody to be able to see what's going on with the riots and going on with coronavirus and all this other stuff and say there's fear happening here. There's anger happening. These are spirits that are occurring, that are happening in the world around us. We, and we physically see this stuff happening, but in the spiritual realm, there's a discerning of what's actually happening in the spiritual realm. Now, before I get into what this pastor in Kentucky began to say and how we can discern if this is for us or not, I want to give you guys three steps, three things that you guys can use as a filter. Questions you need to ask. When you believe or understand or say, you know what, I don't know if this was a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. I don't know if it was or not. How do I know, Pastor Jason? Tell me. Number one, does it line up with the word of God? This is the number one filter. Does it line up with the word of God? God will not speak through prophets, God will not speak to people and have it not line up with the word of God. He can't go against his word. His word is truth. His word is there. His word never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change, okay? So he cannot give a word, a prophetic word that says something that goes against his word. It's just not possible. He doesn't operate that way. Amos 3, verse 7 also says this, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. So that's saying, hey, does this line up with the word of God? But it should also reveal to us that sometimes there are words that come out that do line up with the word of God that we need to pay attention to. There are words that we do have to pay attention to. Number two, does it line up with what other prophets are saying? And I use this one important because there are so many voices out there that you say, well, who am I supposed to listen to? Who are the ones that are really speaking into my life? And I can tell you this. Does it line up with other prophets who are saying, and let me be specific, those who are around you? Those who are around you. Too often, I believe, that we we begin looking for some answer somewhere else, and there are people that God has put in our life who have a prophetic gifting that are speaking right into our life and we're looking for a different answer somewhere else. And I'm not saying all these you know, prophets are bad or these ones that, but I'm saying that you need to hear that word, understand and begin to, begin to interpret that word. This is this for me or not? And then ask yourself, are there people in my life that are speaking into my life, that are talking to me? Is Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz talking about this? Are there people in my life that are coming alongside of me and saying, yes, this is what I hear. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I believe God is beginning to say to us. You understand, we have to understand, God confirms his word. God confirms his word. Second Corinthians 13.1 says this, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. He's going to establish that word. If it's just one rogue person out there saying something that's completely out there, and there's no confirmation in your spirit, there's no confirmation between people who you are, you, know, you feel that God has connected you with, then it's not for you. It's not for you. If you look over and over, God confirms his word. Paul and Ananias, Peter and Cornelius. A dream and a dream, matching dreams, they come together, right? This is God, how God works. He brings, but they were connected together. It was a confirming word that came together. Then the number three, the third one. So does it line up with the word of God? Is it lining up with what other people are saying that are close to you in your life? You can look at Acts chapter 9 for a great example of that. And then, third, does it come with peace or panic? Now, this is a tough one because if you listen to a prophetic word only with your mind and only in your flesh, many times words that are of a warning begin to cause some panic in our lives, in the flesh. And we have to separate out and say, you know what? This is my flesh. Lord, I need to pray. Let me pray again before I watch this word, before I listen to this, before I read this thing, and let my spirit understand. Because in your spirit, person, if it is a word from the Lord, you will not be panicked. You will have peace. And we have to be able to discern the difference between those two as we're walking through this thing. Okay. Okay. So let me give you a summary of this word that this guy gave, because I think it's important for us to understand what's happening in our world. I think it's important for us to understand, because about half of you didn't see it, so I want to at least give you an idea of what was said at a high level, and then what are my thoughts on it. And normally, I can tell you this, I am not going to get up and talk about every prophetic word that happens out there. I'm not going to start discerning through all these and filtering all these. The goal here is to teach you to be able to filter them yourself, to be able to understand what those are yourself. I'm only doing it today because it lines up perfectly with the message series that I was doing, and it's something that's relevant that many people are talking about. So I believe we need to understand this. So the guy's name is Pastor Dana Coverstone. He's from Living Word Ministries Assembly of God in Burkeville, Kentucky. He had three dreams. His first dream, he says, happened back in December of 2019. And he saw a calendar that said January 2020. And it would flip over January, February, March. When it hit March, he said a finger pointed at March and underlined it or tapped it three times for an emphasis on that day or on that month. And then the next month flipped over, the next month, and then June came up. Again, the finger pointed at it and underlined it. And he said he saw people marching, protests. He saw people in hospitals. He saw cities on fire. He saw people with masks. He saw people with fists in the air. He saw courthouses surrounded. He saw barriers within cities. He saw people fearful in their homes with guns. And then he said the Lord said, brace yourself, brace yourself. And so he had this dream, and he told a few people about it. I have not heard. He never posted anything about this that I understand. But he said he had a second dream, and because he feels that that dream kind of began to line up with what we saw happen in March, which in the United States, we kind of had the COVID outbreak more so. I mean, it was already happening, but there was an additional outbreak of it. Uh, And then in June, there was a lot of riots that began to happen within the United States. So he said he had another dream. He said he saw June, July, August, and then September, and a finger pointing again at September when the calendar month came over. And then October, and then November flipped over, and then there was like a, a fist punch that hit the November calendar and blew all the, uh, the numbers kind of out into the air. And he said he saw this. He saw armed protesters. He saw businesses shutting down. He saw schools closed. He saw banks with the roofs off and money flying out of it. He saw politicians making deals in back rooms, monuments in Washington, D.C., up in a blaze. He saw people being rounded up by Chinese and Russian soldiers. He saw uh, there were so many kinds of different military things taking place. He said there was no signs of President Donald Trump. There was all these spiritual attacks. People were hiding. Churches were being burned. Homes were being burned. Then he heard, brace yourself brace yourself. Then he had a third dream. He walked into a bank. He said that he said there was no change available. He said that the US mint was not making any change. Prepare yourself for hyperinflation. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Then around minute 11, I truly believe that this was no longer uh, this, was, this was the Pastor Dana going, and I understand this, he was going into some practical things that he started believing in his own mind were the right steps to go take next. And he started around minute 11, he said, well, this is what we need to do. You need to go out and buy gold. And you need to go out and get silver and have alternate forms of currency. You need to go out and stock up on your ammos and stock up on your guns. You need to pray. You need to continually find your family and ha- know how you're going to be able to connect with them. And then he's finished his saying by look, you need just need to go out and test this word, and by December first, you'll know if this word was true or not. Ah, fair enough. So he said, Pray about it. People will fall away in the last days. He called it an olive press moment. He said, Endure to the end. So I watched it initially. And when I first watched it, I will tell you this I didn't panic. Okay, when I first watched it, I didn't panic. So one of those filters was like, you know, peace or panic. I didn't panic. I was like, okay, you know, I'd like to watch it again. I'm going to pray about it and see if there's anything in here that's worth discussing, worth talking about, worth sharing to our church. Because I have the spiritual, we have the spiritual responsibility for these sheep right here. And I need to help, you know, guide and direct you as to what do we do with something like this. So here's a few things that I noticed out of the gate. Number one, I'm just giving you these things as I, as I saw them, as I was listening to it. Number one, let me tell you this also. This is, this is a, a guide for you guys. Don't read commentary first. Pastor Jim, God love him. He taught me a long time ago. He said, when you read the word of God, when you hear a prophetic word, don't go to the commentary right away. Just let, just let the Holy Spirit move. Let the Holy Spirit begin to guide. Because what you do is most of us, if you're on YouTube or something, you scroll right to the bottom and say, Mmm, let me see what comment, let me see what people are saying about this. And you start reading, well, this person agrees. Oh, this per- oh, there's likes, there's dislikes. Mm. And you start reading through all these things, and now you're like, now I just heard a thousand other people comment on something, and I don't know where I stand. Don't read the comments. Don't read the commentary. Allow the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of you and say yes or no. And so this was, this, you know what, I wanted to so badly. I wanted to, like, you know what, oh my gosh, this big name is beginning to talk about it. This big person is beginning to say their thoughts on it. And I wanted to, re- I wanted to listen to them so bad before Sunday morning. I was like, oh, well, what, what if I'm wrong? What if, guys, come on. I'm just being honest with you. But what if I'm wrong? What if I'm not discerning this right? Maybe I need to hear what this person says. Or maybe I want to hear what that person says. But the Holy Spirit was just like, Jason, no. No, no, no. You discern and you share what God has put on your heart for your church, for your congregation at this time. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. I have no idea, other than a close friend of mine, I have no idea what anybody else thinks about this thing. No clue. And I almost refuse to try to hear it because I want to understand, Lord, what are you doing on the inside? What are you doing? What do you want, to, want us to say? So number one, red flag number one, at least for me, was that he reads 40 newspapers a day. I just, I, you know what, if I, I okay, okay. Guys, I am not against reading newspapers. I'm not against understanding the times and what's going on. But I just can't imagine reading 40 newspapers a day and how long that would take and how much information is coming into my mind that is not from God. Okay? I I don't even know there was 40. I mean, how could you possibly read 40 newspapers a day? Okay, I don't know. But this is what he said. So there was just a red flag for me. Again, I'm not throwing his whole word out yet. I'm not throwing this thing out saying, no, no, no. None of this is going to happen. What I'm saying is it was a red flag to me. He said he read liberal and conservative, different sides. Okay. He said he wasn't feeling well that night. I, you know, guys, sometimes I don't feel well, and I begin to see things or like, oh, what was that? You know what I mean? You begin to sense things. You don't feel well. And so it's just, again, I'm not throwing it out. I'm just saying this is something that he said that I discerned when I was listening to it, saying he wasn't feeling well that night. He also gave very specific dates. Now, the Lord sometimes will give specific dates. And he will give general ideas or or within a certain time frame. But it's just a red flag. Because how many of you know, many people have given dates. The apocalypse is coming tomorrow. Sell all your things. Go on vacation. Enjoy your family because tomorrow the world is over. And how many times has that happened? Oh, here we are. The world is not over. And so I'm always very, very cautious when somebody gives very specific dates. Again, I'm not throwing it out for that reason. I'm just saying as I was listening to it, eh, okay. The last dream he had, he says the dates were right. Okay, so maybe there's some validity there. But I'm not going to throw it out, just a warning. All right, who is this guy? What's his track record? Do Do I know him? Is he someone in my life? Is it my wife speaking a prophetic word? Is it somebody in our church speaking a prophetic word over us? Because I'm going to listen to that a lot closer than I'm going to listen to a prophetic word that is very general that may have been specifically for that guy's church in Kentucky. I don't know. I don't know who this guy was or who he is. Another flag that came up to me is he shared it quickly. I've talked with somebody recently, And said, typically, okay, when you're under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we're in a church service, and a prophetic word comes out, listen, take heed and listen. But if it's a dream that you have, and it's something that you, you know, you slept on and you got up, that word is not necessarily always ready to be shared right away. There is some marination, I think we call it a marination period, or like a developing period that says, you know what? Just because I had this dream over here that seemed to be true, and now I had this dream, now I need to tell everybody about that dream. I don't know. Sometimes we have to, when we begin to see, let God continue to marinate that amount. Again, just something that I noticed as it was going. I called it a no marination time. There was no marination time. And then it was a dream. Do people have dreams? Does God show people, things, and dreams? Yes, he does. And you can see that in the Bible over and over. Okay, so let's test this word that this guy gave. I mean, are, should we be concerned that troops from China and Russia are going to be on our soil rounding us up in November? I mean, that's basically what he said, okay? And hyperinflation, should we be running out And gathering a bunch of stuff. Should we be like collecting all these things? Should we be making bunkers in our backyard and digging holes? Like We need to understand. So number one was, does it line up with the word of God? Is the word of God, can you see the word of God in this? And I will tell you, if you read Isaiah 24 through 26. If you read Haggai 2. If you read some of the prophetic words of what's going to happen in the last days. You cannot disregard this entire word. You cannot disregard this entire word that these things will not begin to play out. Will they play out exactly like he said in the United States? I don't know. But if you look at prophetic words on the last days of things that will begin to happen, as as in Haggai 2 says, that he, God, is the one who does the shaking of the nations, the shaking of the earth, the shaking of the waters. God begins to do shaking towards the last days. Is this a shaking for us? So I would tell you, if you read through biblical prophecy on the last days, you cannot read this and say, well, it doesn't really line up. Now, the Bible doesn't say specifically foreign troops are coming into America. Okay? So you don't know. You don't know 100% for sure. There was nothing apparent that I saw. because From a scriptural perspective, there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be people fighting each other. At the end of the day, there was very little scriptural reference to really walk through to see. It was just a dream that he had. The warning that Pastor Jim gave to me years ago, I give it to you again. Don't read the commentary. Don't read the commentary. Pray and understand, is this lining up? Is this something that I see? So does it line up with the word of God? It doesn't not line up with the word of God but there's not a whole lot of evidence that exactly lines up with the Word of God and how it's going to work out. So we leave that one as a little bit unanswered. Number two, does it line up with what other prophets are saying? Those that you trust, those that you know. Number one, last week, if you remember, I said that my dad gave a prophecy that he had for 39 years, the man never had a prophetic word that he gave publicly that he sent to the church where we grew up back home. And the prophetic word that he had, my dad Someone close to me was not get ready, but be ready. Not get ready, but be ready. Okay. That's interesting. Pastor Liz, during the beginning of coronavirus, or actually maybe before it started, heard the word dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. What's happening during this time, is a dress rehearsal. It means, we, what happens, does anybody know what a dress rehearsal is? It's something that happens the night before. Sometime, getting close to when something else is gonna happen, it's a dress rehearsal. It's saying, I need to get ready for something. I need to see what happened, I need to learn from it, and I need to take some action and some steps of preparation for the next time something like this happens. You guys, I'm telling you, I don't know about the September date, and the hitting of the finger. But I can tell you that the coronavirus, if you read the news, all 40 newspapers or whatever, you can see that there is an amping up of this thing wanting to return. And to stand here and think, oh, we're just going to be in green. Everything's going to be fine. We're not going to go back to... I cannot stand here and say that. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But if I heard a word, be ready, and I heard a word from my wife who speaks prophetically over this church that says dress rehearsal? My goal is not to see what Pastor Dana said in Kentucky and should I have guns and ammo? It should be what happened during the last time, this. what happened when this hit? What can I learn from it as a family? What are some of the things, honestly, that maybe were hard to find and say I need to begin to prepare? Church, I'm just telling you the truth where we're at. Maybe there's some things that we need to prepare for. I'm going to talk about uh, the four P's and what we need to do with this word. So it does seem to line up. I had a close friend that came to us and said that there was, there is decisions that are being made in the government and where there are going to be financial difficulties that we're going to see in the not too foreseeable future. Okay. I also had another person very close to us that said at some point in time they do see they do see America really coming under some struggle and some challenge. To what extent, it's hard to understand, but the word that that person had is not too far off from the word that this guy had. So again, so I'm listening. I'm careful. Now, the timing specifically, I believe that's a little bit questionable about how this thing is all going to play out. Do I honestly stand here and say, you know, troops from another country are going to be in here in November? I do not believe so. However, I do believe that in November there's election. And I do believe that in November is going to be a catalyst of more divisiveness in this country. It's not to say that God can't work things together and he can't work things to happen, but I'm telling you there's going to be, I look at the November date and I say, eh, okay. There's some things going to happen in November, for sure, from an election perspective. And what's going to happen? The last question that I had to run this through was, does it bring peace or does it bring panic? Again, I think I said in the beginning, I didn't panic when I heard it. I didn't go out and buy ammunition. I didn't go out and gather my guns. We don't have have any guns. Okay? I didn't go out. I didn't start buying gold and silver, looking for alternative uh, currencies that I can trade with. I didn't go out look. I, I didn't go invest in the stock market or dump my 401k because the stock market's going to crash. I took this word as a heed, as a warning, as something to be considered. And I said, Lord, tell me what I need to tell my people. What do I need to tell them to go do? And he gave me the specific actions. Are you ready for them? Are you ready for them? Because you're like, okay. Thank you, Pastor Jason. You you kind of scared us a little bit. Like you didn't really tell me if it's going to happen or not. Because I don't know specifically if it's going to happen or not. But what I can tell you, there are things that I believe we should do. No No matter if the end times is coming in November, or it's coming in 15 years from now, or 30 years from now. These things I'm about to tell you are things we need to be doing today. We need to be doing them today no matter when the last days hit. And we're going to do a series on the last days, and we're going to go through those. But here are the four things. I want you to remember these things when you walk out. her. These are the things you need to do. Number one, they're all going to have a P in it, okay? Sometimes that's how the Lord works so you guys can remember. Number one, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Come on, church. pray, 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 pray. Pray. He is coming back for his bride, and his bride needs to be a bride that is praying. We need to be a church that prays. You need to be a people that prays. You need to be praying consistently and constantly. The Bible says, Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5. First Thessalonians 5 in verse 14 says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint hearted. Uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You mean we can be thankful even if we're uncertain of what's going to happen in November? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Bible says, cast your cares onto him. Cast your cares onto him. Do you think that God is, when he is speaking prophetically to his church, he's giving us warning signs. He's saying, get ready, get ready. Come on, be ready. This is what he wants for us. He wants the church to take its rightful place. He wants the church to stand up. I think there's gonna be a great awakening that's gonna come in these last days. There's going to be a great awakening. We're going to see greater signs and greater miracles and more people turn to him because they're going to say the world has no answers. The church has to have the answers. We need to be praying and praying and praying. Number two, don't panic. Don't panic. Pray, don't panic. Matthew 6, 31 says this. Therefore, do not worry. Church, come on. Do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He is going to take care of us. He is going to take care of us. But seek first. How? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness. If our eyes are focused, like we were talking earlier, eyes focused on Jesus, attuned to the Holy Spirit, what is He saying to us? How is He leading us? How is He guiding us? We don't have to panic. Don't have to panic. Seek first His kingdom, His rights, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, guess what? Do not worry about tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to worry about September, we don't have to worry about November, we don't have to worry about things for tomorrow. He is already there, he is working on our behalf. Therefore, do not worry about it. Sufficient of the day is its own trouble. How many can say amen to that? Amen. That's right, Jai, say it, buddy, amen. I find it interesting, this is the, this is the scripture we put in the church bathrooms, During this coronavirus, we're like, we're just gonna put one scripture up. I think Liz asked, What scripture do you want? I was like, Put up Matthew 6. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't panic. Number three, prepare. Prepare. Pray, don't panic, prepare. What are you saying? What am I supposed to go do? I don't know. I don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to go do. This is what I'm trying to tell you. This is what we've been preaching. This is what we've been talking about. What he's telling me to do and our family might not be what he's telling you to go do. Like he told, I don't know what he, I mean that Pastor Dana, what he was saying, I don't know if that's what God told him to go do. I'm not worried about what he's doing. I'm worried about what God, I'm not worried about anything. But what is God telling me? I'm looking to see the Holy Spirit's voice, hear that voice and say, okay, what do you want me to go do? Now more than ever, more than ever, you have to have our own words of knowledge, our own words of wisdom to understand what am I supposed to do in these times. He may give you the specific thing that you're supposed to go do, which makes absolutely no sense in the world. But that's what he wants you to do. And I urge you to be obedient to that word. Be obedient to that word. We live in times where this casual obedience is not going to work anymore. Guys, casual obedience. Well, I believe the Lord's leading me in this direction. I've been dragging my feet for a little bit. I know he really wants me to do that. You may have already missed it. He is speaking to you guys. I know that he is. I know that he is because when after we heard this word, I'm just going to be honest, I felt like the Lord tell us we need to go get a few things for our family. I got eight kids. Come on. I felt like we should go get some things. And I will tell you that we ran into some people in our church, out there, who felt the Holy Spirit tell them the same thing. Guys, come on. He is speaking. So if you're not hearing his voice, you need to stop everything else and focus on how do I hear his voice? What can I do to understand and hear his voice? I need to be praying. I need to be reading the scripture. I need to be worshiping. I need to be communing with God. I need to dig in because I'm telling you if there's a warning that you need to hear, he's trying to tell you. He's trying to tell you. Please, I, I urge you. I almost beg you. We don't live in times where it's okay to just, eh, meh. Maybe I'll get to reading the word. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll pray today. This maybe junk is over. We live in serious times. Life and death, protection of your family, lie in the wings of whether or not you can hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. And if you go day after day after day and I'm not praying, I'm not worshiping, I'm not reading the word of God. Guys, are you kidding me? Look what's happening out there. I think the warning is real. The warning is real. It's a wake up call. Church, wake up. Listen for the Holy Spirit. What does he have for you as a family? Prepare yourself. And I mean, I really feel like he's telling us prepare ourselves in every way. Spiritually, spiritually, prayer, fasting, in our soul, what are we feeding on? What are you feeding on? What are you eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Because if you're feeding on the world, if you're feeding on news, and you're feeding on Netflix, I'm telling you what, the Spirit is trying to speak to you and tell you things, and you're missing them. You're missing them. This is no time to be missing what God is telling you. It is no time. I believe it's more important than ever. Prepare your body. Prepare your finances. We've been talking about getting debt free here for for actually years, really. Ask the Lord, Lord, am I supposed to be readjusting my finances so I can be debt free? Ask him those things and he will answer you. Preparation. From a church perspective, I'll tell you what, we are, we have discussions about how do we prepare the church. Like us, the church, us. How are we preparing? What do we have in place? Are we ready for when things get a little bit crazy because they're going to get a little crazy? Are we ready as a church? Do we have groups in place? Do we have leaders in place? Do we have places where people can go and meet? Are we ready? And how do we prepare as a church? I'm telling you, we're having those conversations because I believe we need to be in preparation. Then the last P is this, peace. Peace, be led by peace. Be led by peace. If you start panicking, if you start saying, oh my goodness, I'm worried, I'm this, it's like stop, drop, and pray, Right, you guys, if you can remember anything through this whole thing, if you start going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Stop, drop, (laughs) and pray. You don't have to roll around, okay? You don't have to roll around. But could we stop, drop, and pray and say, Lord, I'm starting to fear. I'm starting to get in panic. I'm starting to just, my mind is beginning to think of things, terrible things that are going to happen to my family, and all these awful things to my daughters. Stop. 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 Not from God. Stop. Get on your knees. Get to your prayer location. Pray wherever you're at. If you're in the car, pray. Wherever you are, do not panic, but walk in peace. The last scripture here in the worship team is going to just, I think, play a little bit behind me. Philippians 4, verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. drop, and pray. Stop, drop, and pray. And so here's what I truly believe, is that it was a warning. Do I believe it's going to happen exactly as this guy laid out? No, not necessarily. I think he's a little early with his timing, but I don't know for sure. But I think as a church, as people of God, we need to do those P's. We need to pray. Don't panic. Don't panic. Please don't panic. <laughs> it's like going. I don't want anybody running out here storming the storming the stores. Don't panic. Be led by peace, but prepare. Prepare your hearts for the coming King. Prepare your families for the coming king. Prepare yourself spiritually, physically, in every way that God is calling you to prepare yourself. Cast your cares on him. He will lead us through this time. We don't have to be afraid. I believe this is a call to go deeper with him. It's a call to be more attuned to the Holy Spirit. More attuned and asking, Lord, I need gifts of the word of wisdom. I need gifts of the word of knowledge. Because there's going to be a time where we're going to need him more than ever. And I also believe... That because of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, we are going to end up being witnesses in this time. Because we're going to be able to look back and say, you know what? Holy Spirit warned me of certain things, told me certain things. I know that you're dealing with this. I know you're struggling with this. I actually know you have a shortage of something because the Holy Spirit told you that, and you begin to minister. Both practically and say, I can help you with that. And begin to pray for them. And I believe that many, many will turn their hearts to him. Many will turn their hearts to him. Honey, you want to come up here? Before we before we end, I want to close in prayer. I just want to pray for each of you. I know this was a, a longer message. I know it was a serious message. But I think it's important for us as a church to walk this. We're going to be walking through these days together. And I hope that this, this morning you have some ability now to say, you know what? I can discern. I can look into certain things and know whether this is for me or not. And then I believe those Ps that we have to go do as a church, I believe that's for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. It may look different for each person. And it will look different for each person. But we need to do those things. No matter if November is as real as this guy said, or it's five years from now, this is a time of preparation, a time of being ready for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
1: I'm going to take a couple minutes, and I'm going to read the entirety of Psalm 37. Mm. So, I mean, if you want to turn there and follow along, you're welcome to. It's 40 verses, and I'm just going to take the time to do it. This week, we were at Wegmans, and um, in my mind, you know, I respond really differently than I do in real life, and I think a lot of people are like that. We think we'll be far more brave in a situation than what we actually will be, Um, and this man at Wegmans didn't like the way Jason and I, we were being more casual with our masks. They were on, but they weren't on the way he wanted them to be on, and he kind of came after Us actually came after me with his phone up, trying to take my picture, and he was saying whatever. And um, he was like, And you pregnant? (laughs) I am not pregnant, (laughs) thank you very much. Had a sundress on, and I've had eight kids. I mean, come on, how skinny does a woman have to be to not be called pregnant? Um, and I thank the Lord for it because that dismantled the whole situation, but. I didn't, the point was is that in that moment when he was coming after I just felt this and I leaned into my husband and um, he handled it, but when it was all over, I was a little bit heartbroken, I was a little bit upset with myself how that, I allowed that spirit of intimidation to really just do this, now there's a whole history there, God was not upset with me nor was he surprised but he ministered to me out of Psalm 37. And I had this idea. I said, I got to call Sydney's sister, Rhea. I'm going to call her. We are going to go. And I'm going to go and get into some, get into some situations where people are unhappy with me so I can practice. It's like, I need to practice people yelling at me so that I can respond well. Now I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a Holy Spirit idea. I'm just giving you that. You can go home and practice these four <laughs> things that Pastor Jason just gave you. I'm not telling you to do that, but what I am saying is that if we aren't practiced at sharing the gospel, how likely are we going to be to share the gospel? Right. Uh, if we're not practiced at standing up in a godly way to a spirit of intimidation, hmm. then how I don't know how else to make sure that the next time that happens, I don't stand strong and say. Whatever you need to do, sir, you know, God bless you. Have a good day. I'm just going to buy my sausage and move on. I, I need to practice. Um, so I just thought I would share that with you. Um, God's not, he knows right where we're at. And he has a plan for each one of us. That spirit up here this morning, that's what that was. That song that we sang was so personal. And it's, sometimes it's, we don't always, you know, is it the time to sing that personal song in church or not? We have those conversations. But this morning, I think the Lord just really wants us to know it's personal. It's always personal with Jesus. Psalm 37, before I start, at the top across my Bible, um, it says, Trust, dwell, delight, commit, and rest. These are the action verbs pulled out of the first part of this psalm. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him. For he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay. But the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his descendants or children begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, the future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I want to pray for you. We live in serious times, but I just want to pray for each and every one of us. Just bow your heads this morning. Those may be listening to us online as well. Father, we just lift up this church to you, these families to you, this congregation to you. Father, I thank you that you are for us and not against us. Father, I pray that we'll begin to understand and discern that there are judgments, but you are also a loving God. And that you care for us So, Father, I just pray now. I pray against the spirit of fear. I bind it now in Jesus' name. This panic, anxiety, and fear, we tell it to go in Jesus' name. And, Father, I just speak peace that passes all understanding on this church family. Whatever the days may hold ahead, I pray for peace that passes understanding. And, Father, I just pray that you begin to reveal your plan and your purpose for each and every one of our lives in our times of prayer that we will not panic, that we will be led by peace, and that you lead us in the preparation. You show us what you want us to do. Lord, help us not to be reactionary, but be prayerful and be responsive to your Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that you're preparing this church as well. You're preparing us, leading us, guiding us as a leadership team to navigate these wild times that we're in and that lie before us. And I thank you for that. And we just thank you and we look forward to Christ's return. I believe the words that I keep bringing out over and over is repent for the kingdom of God is here. Repent. Turn from our wicked ways, Lord. Help us to turn from those wicked ways, Lord. And we seek you. Your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to read a benediction of you guys, the prayer team. You guys can come up front. If you need prayer for anything in your life, I know it's late. But if you need prayer for anything, we'll have a couple prayer teams up here. You guys can just come up here after service. And I just want to read this benediction. This is good. Listen to this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful rest of the 4th of July weekend.